Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. The Lamborghini Super Trofeo. On IMSA Radio, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Virginia International Raceway, sunshine on a Friday afternoon. And get ready for some big capacity action. The largest engines on the Michelin GT challenge weekend belong to the Lamborghini Super Trofeos fastest car in a straight line as well I would probably think around here they are awesome beasts uh, very aggressive to look at sound brilliant as well they have their second free practice session coming up 40 minutes on the clock and to take you through this one Jeremy Shaw but first Brian Till Thank you, John, and it should be an awesome session. There are going to be a lot of education going on, too, I would think, Jeremy Shaw, because the weather is completely different, and the racetrack that these drivers are about to face going to be very different as well. We had that heavy rain last night, which lo- washed a lot of the rubber off the racetrack, and now it's been put back on by the various series, but it is very hot right now, 88 degrees, and I would think that the track temperature is going to be up there as well, and so I would think that perhaps the balance on these uh, Lamborghini Huracans going to be a little bit different than what they left this uh, this uh, morning. The track conditions are going to be uh, very, very different indeed. So uh, it'll be interesting to see you know, who, I guess, makes accommodations to either their driving styles and all the car's capabilities in this afternoon session to get ready for the rest of the weekend. I mean, tomorrow morning is when qualifying is going to take place, isn't it? Where's the schedule? Um, I think so. Track conditions then are going to be quite different to how they are now. Well, that's what we were talking about this morning when Shay and I were watching the cars on track. At Road America, the last round, the practice sessions correlated perfectly with race times and qualifying times. So you knew what you were going to have as far as the racetrack went because you were practicing at 8.30 or 9 o'clock in the morning, and then you had qualifying the next day at that same time. So you had a pretty good idea what the balance on the car was going to be the weather was consistent throughout the weekend the humidity levels and all of that were consistent so the performance of the vehicle should have stayed very balanced across the board and I think indeed it did but this is a different ball game here as we said we had the heavy rain last night very green racetrack this morning and now the field streams out onto the racetrack and they'll kind of loosen up the reins on these Lamborghinis and start to get down to work a 40-minute session and that's going to give them a little extra time and I think what we see a lot of times Jeremy in these longer sessions are longer runs by the teams and drivers to get an idea on the direction that the car is going to go on that long run already a car off up at Oak Tree just kind of a nice little slide off and then back on you can say that there's temperature and that it won't take long to get tire temperature and pressure but it's going to take longer than just 10 or 11 corners as we've already had a little bit of uh, agricultural driving experience up at oak tree yeah yeah i mean these cars are are, are really fast i mean uh, the the I, i'm not sure what the uh, trap speeds are 
neutralizer. Maybe I'll have a look at that in the next couple of minutes. But these are seriously fast. I mean, they're potentially quicker than the JTLM cars. They might be the, amongst the fastest cars here this weekend. I'll, I'll check that out. But they are very, very fast. And, and uh, quite a few of these drivers really don't have an awful lot of experience. So uh, to keep these cars on the track, on the track at all, is, is, uh, it can be a challenge, particularly when you're just coming out of the pits on cold Pirelli tyres. And you got to kind of take a lap or two to get things done. Yeah. And, and there's really no reason to be in that big of a hurry to even get out. It always amazes me to watch the wild rush. It's like water pouring out of a faucet or a bucket at the end of pit lane when the session goes green and everybody scrambles out on the racetrack. There are 17 cars. We're down one because of Cameron's Cas Cameron Castle's crash yesterday. So he's now sharing an entry in the 53 car with Lance Fenton. But we've got 17 cars on three and a quarter miles worth of racetrack. If you're not the first two, three, four cars at pit out, why are you going to go with everybody else? Why, why, why would you not just sit and wait for a minute and a half or so and let cars get around half a lap and then go find some empty racetrack to run on? I guess one of the answers that might be well because I want to I want to learn from that guy in front of me because <laughs> well, I know he's quicker and, than me. And that's a legitimate yeah. argument there. If you but don't throw it off the road, yeah, that's not the you want to go run with a teammate or get an idea of what somebody's doing early in a session because they tend to get up to, to speed quickly and you want to go from an educational standpoint that's fine if you want to go learn something about the car you're better off to be running by yourself yeah that's very very true and i tell you you saw some super fast lap times this morning didn't you uh Rich, richie antonucci quickest this morning in number 29 that's changed racing uh Urican super trofeo evo uh, a 143.096 well the old qualifying lap record was set last year by laura spinelli the 143.3 so already more than a couple of tenths of a second inside of that that was a stout lap this morning from antonucci it was considering the fact that the racetrack was green and we've got a car off i say was green now we're have a red flag but the racetrack was a bit green this morning with that rain that we had last night, and I would have thought that they would have struggled for grip, at least for a little while, and I think maybe that shows that the aggressiveness of the asphalt here is good, whether it's rubbered in or not. Yeah, I was speaking to a couple of people um, during a lunch break from different series, actually. They were telling me, I guess there's some, there's some patches laid out down around various parts of the racetrack, uh, and not always in kind of kind of predictable areas and I gather there's a patch down in turn 17 and the patches have a lot of grip I am told um, so if uh, if once you get off the off off the patch and there's one I'm, I'm, like I said I'm told I haven't seen it myself on the uh, at the apex of turn 17 and when you come off the corner all of a sudden the car kind of loses grip when it gets onto the regular asphalt and uh, things like that make it make it particularly difficult well, that's one of those deals that as a driver, you learn to pick up where those patches are. And you may have to alter what would otherwise be an ideal geometric line through the corner, what you think you might want to run. And that has to be altered because of the lack of grip or the excessive grip that you have in another area. Take advantage of the grip where you've got it and try to have the car straighter in areas where the grip doesn't exist the way that you thought it might. And as you look around this racetrack, whether you view it from a hillside of which there are many great spectator areas here to watch from or you watch it on a television screen at home or on your computer screen, you can see those areas where there is some sealed asphalt and some patches that have been laid down in those high traffic areas. 
where the shear loads, the loads across the, the surface are extreme. And that's why those patches get put down to try to maintain, when you think about the speeds that these cars carry, and you look at uh, the prototype challenge class that's here this weekend, and this racetrack is used for testing a lot, it's really the shear loads, those loads across the surface of the racetracks that uh, do a lot of the damage, and that's why you'll find those sealed patches in apexes and at corner exits to try to maintain the integrity of the asphalt that's there. So no meaningful laps turned then before we went red for this session. Basically drivers just going out and coming straight back in again. We, we didn't actually even see. There were safety vehicles on the track headed down the back straightaway, but never picked up where the incident was. Uh, we now have some stationary cameras uh, we can see kind of something on it. Well, we're back to green now, okay? As it comes to cars down towards turn one. So we're back to green flag now, but we've lost right until almost yeah. a third and of that 40-minute 40, 40 session. And there's that frustration when you go out early, and if you try to do too much too soon, you get in a problem. And it could just be as simple as, you know, we've talked about this through a couple of the sessions today. The racetrack is damp because of the weather we had last night and the weather that we're probably going to have later this afternoon or tonight. And it's downhill from the racing surface. And so you get off on that grass, you may not be able to get back on, even if you haven't made contact with anything, a tire wall or a concrete wall, even if you haven't made that contact, you may get stuck and mired down off the racing surface and it may take a tow to get you back on. And if that's what's happened, it was a quick grab with the wrecker or safety vehicle to get that car back onto the surface, and now we can head back green with 31 minutes to go. Yeah, I was, was showing the uh, 53 car has maybe come in after everybody else, so whether he's a guilty party or not, I don't know. But I, I was going to say I was going to look up the trap speeds, but of course we've got this new IMSA yeah. directive out this week, and they're not showing trap speeds anymore, nor is that information going to be released until after the weekend, so that's rather... We were, so we were talking about that, that earlier, weren't we? Uh, it was very curious that some of the data that has been easily viewed is going to be held a little closer by the series until the weekend is over, and then it'll be released to everyone, so everyone will still get to see it in its unedited form. You're just not going to see it. One less thing to talk about. Then. Yeah, and in real time when it's there. But there was also an interesting um, rule put into place about radio communication and communication with the team and back and forth that it needed to be in English and it needed to be non-coded and that you couldn't be telling secrets or using code back and forth to try to get the driver to do something or set something accordingly. Or telling risque jokes? Oh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, and I don't know how you... I'm not sure why that was put in place, but the other well, thing is yeah. you don't know what's being... What's code? No, if I, I, if I, I use I'm, the word red, is that code? <laughs> you know? Yeah, really, I mean... Yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll turn the red switch. Get the politics of it. Yeah. Maybe in, uh, yeah, for one make series, for goodness sake, I, uh, I really don't see why. I think that's mainly that for TPI. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, that's mainly yeah, for Exactly. But, and, and, like, and see, particularly for, for one make series, I mean, you know, and what's, I, what's the harm in showing speed track data? For goodness don't sake? forget to get some milk for your tea. <laughs> <See>? <laughs> yes. What did that just the mean? The fish yeah. are flying <laughs> high tonight. <laughs> but I think it's one of those things that. When you look at the job that the technical department does, they've done such a good job with BOP in maintaining um, 
kind of a, a, a very even playing field. There's something going on that they wanted to end, and so if that's what they're trying to do, then I'll I'll give them credit for it for at yeah, least. Yeah, they've certainly done a remarkable job. You just look at the the multi-class uh, championship. Uh, practice times from this morning ridiculously close amongst all the manufacturers in each of the classes so uh, yes you're absolutely right but back here to the uh, Lamborghini Super Trofeo this is the second practice session of the day we're finally underway let's and, get this going and, right we had a, they had a half an hour this morning didn't they they did so indeed it was right so we've got effectively the same again now this afternoon after that uh, brief red flag and hopefully we're now at least seeing some times on the boards for the first time. Richie Antonucci is the first man to set a lap time during this session. It's not a bad one either, 145.5. The old lap record around here qualifying, 143.3. That was the uh, actually Pro-Am driver, but uh, Loris Spinelli was a, he's a pro driver within the Pro-Am class last year. That is the qualifying lap record. It's all pro cars in the top four this morning. First of the Pro-Ams was in fifth. And that was Ron Atapatu and Patrick Liddy. And that's a new combination that we saw at Road America. We spoke a little bit about that this morning. And hats off to Ron Atapatu for saying, hey, this is an opportunity for me to learn from Patrick Liddy if D. Bryce Miller isn't going to be able to continue right now. And that gives me an opportunity to run with another driver who can maybe help me improve my form. And it gives Patrick Liddy a, a good car to drive. Indeed so, and uh, that was a good feather in uh, in Patrick Leader's cap this morning. He was quicker than Jake Edson, who's uh, also running in the program class, a teammate at US Racetronics. And the youngster, Stephen Agakani, uh, was uh, right with them as well. All those three cars covered by uh, just about two-tenths of a second in fifth, sixth, and seventh places overall. Two pro-ams, and Stephen Agakani, the 15-year-old, yes, 15, <laughs> uh, quickest in am, seventh fastest overall, and quicker than McKay Snow, who is the championship leader in AM, primarily because Stephen was too young to compete in the first two races of the season. But uh, Agakani quicker than Snow by a full second this morning. And I was giving Shay Adam grief this morning because she was talking about being in line for a Lamborghini. You know, she wanted to drive a Lamborghini. And I was thinking, you know, you were just talking about 15-year-old Stephen Agakani driving a Lamborghini, and I'm not even going to say how old I am, but I haven't driven a Lamborghini. I certainly wasn't driving one at 15 years old. <laughs> I was driving my brother's hand-me-down well, Chevy Vega. Look, he's been driving these cars for three <laughs> years now. I think he, he started when he was 12, I believe, when he first started testing with uh, when Shane Zenner and his U.S. Racetronics team. Jake Edson now in third, first of the Pro-Am cars. It's Antonucci up front, Corey Lewis, Richard Antonucci, really been the cream of the crop so far this year. They lead in the championship, and you would expect them to be quick here. Three wins on the season. They've never been off the podium, and they stepped up their game as soon as they stepped out of the trailer here by being fast in the first practice session. That's where they sit right now. Sandy Mitchell in the number one right behind him. He and his teammate, Andrea Amici, second in the championship trying to close that down they tried to close it down by sweeping road america won both rounds kind of a little bit of strategy and a little bit of luck in round one the way the full course caution flew right at the pit stop window but still they walked away with their first win of the season then they backed it up with another one that helped close down on the points just a little bit but right now nine point deficit between Corey Lewis and Rich, Richie Antonucci and that of Andrea Amici and his teammate Sandy Mitchell then you've 
Got right now Jake Edson in third in the first of the Pro-Am entries. McKay Snow, the fastest of the Am entries. And Ashton Harrison, there's a team, there's a driver who's been doing a good job lately in the LB Cup category. And good job for Harrison right now, the fastest in that class. Yeah, she's done well this season. She's been the quickest uh, every time she's qualified that car in the LB Cup class. Ashton, though, to be fair, has a good bit more racing experience than most of the other guys uh, in the uh, in that LB Cup category. She's been racing MX-5s now for well, a couple or three years. Uh, so, uh, but to certainly uh, MX-5s oh, are quite not, just not really terribly comparable to a Lamborghini Super Trofeo. I must admit, fair point. I mean, three poles on the season, and I was going to say that, but then I go back to take my sense of humor out of it. That shows what a great training ground yeah. these entry-level series are. Absolutely. You don't need horsepower. You need to learn how to drive, and you need to learn how to race. It would be like saying, I want to go get a pilot's license, and I'm going to buy uh, a, a, a MiG-29 from Russia because they're trying to get rid of something. They need to up their budget a little bit, you know? I mean, no, you go learn in a Cessna 152 or a 172 so that you can learn how to do the job and not be overwhelmed by it. And I think she has proven that that is a very, very valid way to get experience and to become a very good race car driver. And you look throughout this paddock and you'll see that other drivers who have started in these lower horsepower formulas where the racing is so tight and so close and it really does indeed translate over to this. She's got three pole positions on, on the season, as you said, out of six races. So well, every time races, she's been in the car, yeah, yeah every, every time, time she's right. been in the car for qualifying, she's qualified that car on the pole in class. And it just shows, like I said, once again, how that experience, while it might not be high-speed experience, it's quality racing experience, and that's what's important. It, it certainly is, and she has uh, certainly done a really, really nice job in this season so far. It's now Brandon Godovic who goes to the top in kind of a 46. He turns a 145.3, uh, 145.4 for Sandy Mitchell in car number one, and a 145.5 for Richie Antonucci in car number 29. And talk about 29, number 29 car, Corey Lewis and Richie Antonucci having their points lead clipped uh, a fair bit last yep. time out at Road America by Andrea Amici and Sandy Mitchell, number one car for WTR uh, Prestige Performance with those two wins. They're looking to back that up here, but for Corey Lewis and Richie Antonucci, change racing based in Charlotte, carrying the uh, Charlotte uh, Lamborghini dealership colors on the car. So they are very determined to come here to what is effectively their home, it's a home track. Yeah, it's a home and race. Uh, they they want to reassert themselves at the top of the charts. Interesting that the lap times are so different than they were this morning. 43 flat yeah. is what we were looking at this morning. 45-3 right now, and that may be a good indication of two things. One, the much, much warmer ambient and track temperatures that we have than compared to this morning. And did we go start on new tires this morning, and we're just going to stay on those tires throughout practice? And so a lot of the, quote, go fast has already been used up. Very good point. Very good point. We're now halfway through this, what was originally supposed to be a 45-minute practice session. It's still Brandon Godovic at the top, 45.300 in car number 46. He's brought that car now onto pit lane, and it'll be a Shinya Michimi champion in this series a couple of years ago, who is back in the championship this year. Connor Daly not able to join Brandon Godovic as usual this weekend because He's had an opportunity to come up to drive the, the uh, he could drive the Carlin 
uh, in the NTT IndyCar Series at St. Louis this weekend, Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. So he had to bow out of this commitment in order to take up that opportunity to drive the IndyCar. But Shinya Machimi is a, a very, very good guy to have on hand. Of course, for that that uh, PPM team, uh, Precision, Precision Performance Motorsports, that's another team here with, with uh, local ties, very much based not too far from here at Virginia International Raceway, PPM, so looking for a strong weekend as well. A lot of NASCAR experience on the guys turning wrenches and running that program. I was so impressed with what they were able to do with that very badly damaged Lamborghini Huracan Evo at Road America after Godovic had had his incident. He and Connor Daly had good performance out of that car after it was put together, and, and that was impressive. It was one of those deals where and talking to the team, they said if it were crashed any more than what it had been, there was no way it was going to be able to run. It was that close to being able to just put it on the trailer and, and having to take it home. But the team absolutely stunning with the job that they did to get that car back on track. And for Connor Daly and Brandon Godovic, they actually left the weekend with a couple of pretty decent finishes. They finished third in round one. They finished fourth in round two. So... I wonder, though, for Brandon, what it's like. You've been with this teammate all year long through the first six races, and, and now Connor's gone, and I, and I have to believe that that deal was in place when the season started. Hey, if I get an opportunity to go drive an IndyCar on any of these weekends that conflict, that's what I'm going to go do, and that was probably the understanding that was made. But So right in the middle of the season for Brandon, he's got to bring in a, a different driver, obviously one that is very talented and very experienced, but it's a if it – it's a different mindset. It's a, a different partner sharing the car with you and trying to find a setup that'll work for both of you. Yeah, fair comment. But of course, you know, Shinya, I mean, he won the championship here. It was actually 2016, three years ago, it was he won the championship. But then, of course, last year, he made a comeback and drove with Brandon in the whole season. They had one win uh, last year. Uh, they had some you know, uh, various other podium finishes as well. So uh, at least those two have history together. And uh, they're not, not like they're going to be uh, so it's not to a stranger. No, it's ne indeed not. Paolo Roberti now goes to the top in car number 27. Vastly experienced driver, been driving prototype cars for some of last year's World Endurance Championship. Just had a quick chat with him just a few minutes ago, actually, and loving his first experience of Virginia International Raceway. You look at this racetrack, and it is a driver's kind of track. It has a little yeah. bit of everything. It's got low-speed corners, obviously high-speed corners, transition areas where the car has to work very well quickly and has to transition side to side quickly up through the climbing S's, low speed corners like Oak Tree, um, which will forever be known as Oak Tree, even though the, the tree is no longer there, as our good friend Dorsey Schrader used to say. You had to watch out for the oak fuzz that would always fall on the racetrack there. I could never really quite figure out what oak fuzz was, but I guess it was there. But the, the corner remains, and I'm sure it has a slightly different look to it on the approach now. Yeah. Uh, much more open on the way in. I think you can see a little bit better through it, but the the nuance of the racetrack has stayed the same and has stayed the same for years, and it's a driver's track. It, it When you're on it, it feels open because the guardrails and the and the tire walls are well removed from the racetrack. Um, Some locations. But they are reachable, to say, <laughs> to say the least. I think just when you think you feel that wide open space, 
you put a wheel wrong and you find out very quickly that they're not far away. And like we said, it's downhill to all of them. So as yeah. soon as you leave the racetrack, you're going to find one. Plus the grass is wet. Yeah. We've had, there was rain, yeah. as you were saying, last night. Uh, clearly, just look, look at all the green around here. There's, there's been a fair bit of rainfall in recent weeks and months. So, uh, yeah, it's the barriers come up and they loom pretty quickly when you're off the road and just your confidence we always talk about confidence being a factor in how hard a driver can push the car he needs confidence in the car he needs confidence in himself and you talked about the fact that Cameron Castles this weekend he generally drives solo in number 33 car in the AM category well he had a crash yesterday talked to him a few minutes ago totally his fault just got on the on the power a little bit too hard coming out of turn five the car kind of hooked up and uh, slid straight across the road and heavily into the into the uh, into the barriers on the right hand side of the racetrack and did quite a lot of damage to that car. That's why he's sharing instead number 53 car with Lance Fenton this weekend. But he admitted, hey, my confidence took a big beating yesterday. This morning, he, Cameron is driving not only in this series but also in the IMSA Prototype Challenge as well. And that impacted his performance this morning in practice for both of those two sessions. So he's kind of got to build that confidence back up again to show uh, what you know what he knows he can be capable of because he had a great weekend at Road America last time out, came away with his first, with win. His first win in the AM class and a very well-earned win it was. Well, it's, and every, anyone can relate to this. It doesn't matter whether you play golf or you played sure. high school sports or whatever the case may be. You may be coming off a great game of golf, and then you the next time out you go to the first hole and spit one off into the woods, and then the second shot or third shot's into the sand trap, and all of a sudden the, the mind starts to get in, involved in the game, and it can't be. You can't let that happen. And it's part of the struggle of any athletic endeavor. Everybody out there has been through something like that in the past. And you you have to admit it and you have to find a way to set it aside and put it in the back of your mind. I think the other thing that's important to note, and Shay and I talked about that this morning in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo North American session, we were talking about the anti-lock braking system on this car. And it's a, a true race system. And the drivers use it differently than you would ever want to use your ABS system at home. And someone might be saying, well, how could he have gotten in the power too hard and lost the car? It's got traction control. Well, yeah, it does. But the traction control is adjustable. And to the driver, you want it to be as minimal as it can be so that it doesn't interfere with the drive forward and laterally. And if you get it turned down a little too low, or even if it's on a high setting, but the racetrack has an area where there's not much grip because of moisture or something like that, you can still spin the rear tires enough, even with the traction control, that you've lost enough grip with the road that the car is going to go around. And that sounds like that's exactly what happened to Cameron. Yeah, I just got a bit too, uh, bit too, too heavy aggressive. with the throttle, a bit too confident he was effectively. He felt that yeah, I can just mash the throttle and get out of it and no problems at all while the car kind of hooked up and uh, across the road it went. No and saving it from there. We just saw a quick glimpse, by the way, of... I think it was a yellow car and it's not number 22 because that's in the pit lane so I guess by process of elimination it was probably the 09 Damon Oki uh, at the wheel of that car at the moment the Pro-Am leader shared number Creek? 09 car with uh, with uh, Jacob Edson and uh, the yes, Oki off at Oak Tree yes <laughs> there you go not that you had wanted to say that but it just kind of worked nicely yeah. into into your script indeed you know with the ABS with the traction control I always kind of marvel when you hear people talk about, well, I, there must be something wrong with the TC, I, you know, this, that, or the other. Physics is physics. <laughs> <laughs> and after a while, 
it doesn't matter what system you have on your car. Physics is physics, and you can't beat it. And that's the job of the race car drivers, to go out there and, and dance along that fine line between what will and what won't work. And you've got other systems that help you in that dance, but... Yeah step yeah. over the line and it doesn't matter what you've got working for you it's not going to be enough look they, they don't say you're on the edge for no yeah, good exactly. reason you are absolutely on the edge you step over that edge and so if something goes wrong and well what in this instance you're going to hit the fence still Paolo roberti who leads the way kind of a 27 he's just brought that car into the pit lane and handed over to his co-driver cedric bourgeois from monte carlo 145.144, the fastest time in this session, and that's a full two seconds away from the best time. Stunning lap time turn this morning by Richie Antonucci uh, for Change Racing. I think taking advantage of fresh tyres and really laying down a lap. Richie, uh, one of the most experienced drivers of these cars over the years, a former series champion, and uh, he's driven just about everything there is to drive over the years as well. And he just laid down that very, very fast lap this morning. It's more than two tenths of a second quicker than the outright qualifying lap record. And Spears Wally and Roberti have had kind of an interesting season. They didn't run the first two rounds at Barber Motorsports Park. They came on board at Watkins Glen, and they've had great performance. In the four races that they've run, they've been on pole twice. So the team, the car, the drivers can do the job, but they've kind of had an up-and-down season. First round, they finished fourth, then they finished second. They qualified on pole in the second and third rounds, and then they finished, I think, fifth in the third race that they ran, and then they were back on the podium in the second round at Road America. It's literally been somewhat of an up-and-down kind of season for them, but they obviously have the experience and the speed. Yeah. It'll just be interesting to see if they can find the consistency. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. You, you're right. They had two consecutive poles in the, the second race of Watkins Glen, the first at Red America, and that was uh, each of the drivers have had a pole yep. position this year. So that, that's the, the only team uh, that can say that uh, through the grid, uh, the, the same team, the two co-drivers, each having a pole position to their name. So it shows how equally matched they are, both very experienced drivers, both very good drivers. And this weekend, it will be about trying to keep it all together and, and try to get that first win of the season under their belts. Well, I will tell you that you talk about keeping it all together. I was taken aback and stunned at Barber Motorsport Park. This is my first year being involved with the Lamborghini Super Trofeo North American Championship and when the green flag flew at Barber I could not believe how intense the racing was yeah. that I watched um, th these guys up in the pro category for sure and there's some others strewn about through the rest of the field that will race you harder than any of the guys that you watch run in any of the top level yeah. GT series anywhere in the world including the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and the racing is just fascinating to me. I love the fact that everyone is driving the same car. It's the same Lamborghini Huracan um, Evo that everyone is in, whether you're a pro or whether you're in LB Cup. And the only thing that separates you is the driving experience that you have and the talent level that you possess. And you get all those 17 cars, 18, 19 cars out there on the racetrack at one time with that kind of talent level, all driving the same equipment. It gets exciting. And I expect certainly to see that on the first couple of laps here at VIR. I would think that area of turn one all the way to the climbing S's is going to be thrilling. And they may turn the climbing S's into thrilling if they try to go in there side by side. And it wouldn't really 
put it past any of these guys that are going to be up front when the green flag falls. I see uh, number 69 cars now have been taking a uh, William Hubble around the first part of the session. It's now climbing up the oars. Bruno Juncker at the wheel of that guy. He wasn't on my original entry list. No, he... I guess he has been... He's replacing Eric Curran. Eric Curran had some travel weekend. issues and oh, not able right? to get here, so... Oh. Bruno Jancara, I had seen him yesterday and spoke to him. I said, hey, when are you going to be driving again? He said, I'm just coaching this weekend, but I'll be back at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. And I think that's I, with, I th uh, with Brad Baker, isn't it? Yeah. Playing. I noticed that he had his equipment with him, obviously. He's still a proper <laughs> racing driver, isn't he? He's, he's never going to leave his gear no, at home. That's never sure. leave your gear at home. I'm sure his gear bag was in the car because when they said, we need you to drive, he said, okay. Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I mean, he had so much fun, didn't yep. he, when he made oh. his debut uh, in these cars at Watkins Glen a few uh, weeks, well, a couple of months ago now. Time flies, doesn't it? But he was, he was grinning from ear to ear. He couldn't believe how good fun these cars were to drive. Uh, he and Bradley Baker, uh, who's driving this weekend in the... Actually, is Brad driving this weekend? He generally drives in the IMSA Prototype Challenge. Uh, when his business commitments allow and uh, they did that kind of as a one-off but you're right they're planning also racing that car at uh, to WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca next time it, this championship will run. Inside 10 minutes to go actually just inside nine minutes to go in the second ah. official practice session and I think Giancara had so much fun at Watkins Glen not just driving the Lamborghini but driving again and racing against yeah. Paul Tracy. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was almost well, we, we probably couldn't have played it on network television, but it would have been great video for the fans to watch them rib each other yeah. um, about the driving that was going on. And um, two very talented IndyCar drivers watching them kind of step back into their glory days and climb into those Lamborghinis. And um, Bruno had said about Paul, he said, uh, yes, this is fun for both of us. He goes, we both enjoy life. I think Paul might enjoy it a little bit more than I do. And he made this hand gesture about Paul's size. And I, I just kind of had to chuckle at that. He said, I still work out, you know, a lot. And I'm still in good shape. I still drive. Yeah, he's and great. Obviously, yeah. he is. He's, and he he just, both of them, they love to drive. And Bruno just loves to race. The smile on his oh, face at Watkins Glen was. It was, it was priceless, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And he and Bradley Baker, they won the, the Pro-Am class one of the days. Uh, but on, for the second session, for the second second race, it was Bruno that qualified the car for that race. He qualified it fourth fastest yes, overall. overall. And he said he said it was a lot more fun qualifying fourth fastest than it was actually just winning the, the Pro-Am class because then he was right up against the guys who drive in these cars regularly and he was able to match himself. I mean, he's a proper racing driver and uh, he's he, once the, the visor comes down, it's, it's all business for Bruno Junqueira. Well, that's what I was going to say. It was fun, but if anybody ever wonders would a guy like Bruno Jancara still care about winning or Paul Tracy care about winning? The answer is yes. yes. And it doesn't matter what they're driving in. The smile on his face after that, that win at Watkins Glen was the same smile that you've seen on his face if you followed his career through the other series that, that he's run. He wants to race, he wants to win, and he wants to better anybody that he's out there with. Hence the qualifying satisfaction that he had, but then that race win, you know what? It's another win. It's another trophy. He's probably on his mantle at home. Yeah. Lovely guy. Really really fun guy to have around is Bruno Jancare. But uh, in the meantime, Sergio Spirituali has taken over the world number 27 Dream Racing Motorsports 
and Lamborghini Huracan Super Trofeo Eva. He's gone faster again than his teammate. He's taken over from uh, from uh, Paolo Roberti and Cedric Bourgeois has now got sub 1 minute 45, 144.910 for Wally. So that is the new fastest time. Second fastest remains uh, Brandon Godobek. He was set that time in car number 46 at a 145.3. Then Sandy Mitchell's 145.4. And Richie Antonucci, quickest this morning, is the fourth fastest at a 145.5. Closing in on five minutes to go in the pro category. You said it, Cedric Sparzwale in front right now in Pro-Am. David Oki in the 0-9 and not unexpected by any stretch of the imagination when you look at the job that Damon Oki and Jacob Edson have done this season, the performances that they have put in in that Pro-Am category. There's only one race that they haven't won, and that was at Watkins Glen round one. I think they had a flat tire, and that set them back. And other than that, they've pretty much owned the category. They've also owned four pole positions in the six races that we've had so far. So they have been quite impressive to impressive young drivers. Going into LB Cup, Chad Reed talked about him starting at Watkins Glen. We watched him at Road America continue to progress, and this morning saw the same thing. And when we were talking about that, Shay Adam said, you know, talked about people being surprised to see where he is. And I said, you know, I'm just really not. He's an athlete and he's a racer. And he took that drive and that determination and that balance, that sense of feel that obviously the champion motorcycle rider that he is has and took that and applied it to four wheels. And he's just getting better and better and better each time we see him out. And right now he is the quickest car in the LB Cup category. And in fact, when you talk about their performance, you look back to um, Road America, and he had a great run there. They won the first round at Road America. He and Justin Price finished fourth in the second round there. They also had a pole position, so um, really becoming accustomed to these cars. And in fact, is faster right now than the fastest am, which is McKay Snow. So there are your five different classes. All right, made up a new class. I said five, four different classes. Chris Ward was wondering what new class that I, I had put out there on the racetrack for him and thought maybe that he could move some more Lamborghinis. But impressive performance for Chad Reed for sure. McKay Snow at a 146.9. And then you go back into the AM category. The second is Steven Agakani being shown 11th overall to McKay Snow, 7th overall. Agakani with a 47.6. So just about 7 tenths of a second off, and that's not surprising here. In these afternoon sessions, it's really hard to get a read on who has the pace or who's going to have the pace. You don't know the age of the tire that's on the car right now. Wouldn't be surprising to see somebody maybe put on a newer set in the final minutes to see what the balance is. And a lot of times what you do is you'll go out, You'll run the older tires. You'll work on some things. You'll go through a list that you want to work on, a playlist or a hit list, if you will. You go through that, but you need some type of a control set of tires that doesn't have many laps on them that you can go back to and say, yes, indeed, when we put better tires on the car, it's still going to have this balance. So wouldn't be surprising to see somebody do that, although we were running out of time. Just two and a half minutes to go in the second official practice session for the Lamborghini Super Trofeo North American Championship. 
Cedric Spiriswali still out in front, and what a great name and that great 27 number. It brings back lots of memories for Italian race cars over the years bearing number 27. That's a fact. It's cool to see, and uh, Bruno Junquero didn't improve last time around. 147.3 last time, which is about a, a tenth of a second slower than his uh, lap uh, a couple of laps ago. So he's still second in the Pro-Am category. Eighth fastest overall is Bruno, but I bet he hasn't uh, had many laps in that car. So uh, he's bringing that car down, uh, bringing the, the, uh, the lap times down. There's a st car stopped on the racetrack. There's also a car stopped on the outside of turn one. That's it's hard to see. It's, it's such a small speck on on our screen. It's difficult to say. But kind uh, of one, uh, kind of twenty nine. Excuse me. Fourth fastest in this session is shown. Shown a stop down race track. Is as is thirty six. Matt Dickin. He's kind of okay. Yeah, I was going to say it didn't look like a white car. So it's number thirty six of Matt Dickin, who I think has spun on the uh, sort of halfway around turn one. What's well, interesting? The twenty nine. I don't know if. Corey Lewis, who was about to head out onto the racetrack, that looks to be at pit out. Was he on his way out and decided he didn't want to go? Were they trying to hold him? Did he run the red flag at the end of pit lane? I don't know. I'm not sure that there was one. It's just uh, it's curious that that's where Matt Dickens he seems to be stopped. rejoined. That's the good news. Number 36 car, however. Interesting is we're inside a minute, so we'll expect to see the checkered flag here very shortly. Inside 40 seconds now. As the 29 sits at pit out, yeah. just there on the green and yellow chevrons at pit out. So they're not going to get another lap in before this is all said and done. And if you're watching around the racetrack or watching on a computer screen or you're fortunate enough to catch the race as it appears on television, it just had a car go off up at Oak Tree trying to get that last lap in. You can tell the different classes on these cars by the window banner. If you'll look over in the right-hand side of the window banner, different colored number panels there for you. Kind of a gold color for the pro category, yellow for pro-am, a light blue for am, and then the LB Cup category, uh, green window sticker. So you can kind of see that little diamond up in the upper right-hand corner on those window banners and kind of help you understand who's racing with whom, and that's one of the challenges in this series. Know who you're racing with. Four different class championships up for grabs, and we'll watch it all unfold. Qualifying comes up tomorrow, and then we're going to start racing in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo North American Championship. Yeah, I think it, that was uh, Randy Soleri who had a, uh, a quick spin at uh, Oak Tree on that lap. He just turned his best lap of of the session on his on his previous tour so he, he he was building that confidence and gaining speed and he's done a good job over the last uh, over the course of last year as randy he started out uh, he, he'd never done anything before last year and he did a couple of races last year got a bit of a taste for it and has come back this year and certainly taking it a lot more seriously now and he's bringing his his, his lap times down on a pretty consistent basis but a little spin there so he won't improve on this time around thanks jeremy and brian for that uh, great coverage of the Lamborghini Super Trofeo, a race that you will be able to see live or listen. So sound and vision for you across the weekend for our challenge series on IMSA.TV or the player at RadioLeMond.com. This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, 
Visit RadioLamont.com.